Hey guys, before we get into this episode, this uh, podcast is brought to you by theredneckpatriot.com. If you want to support the podcast and the channel, uh, this channel is demonetized. So if you want to help out in any way, you can head over to the Redneck Patriot and you can check out the store. And uh, also, we ha- I have a new um, new product, 76 Coffee. So we have everything, all kinds of coffee stuff. And um, uh, just in time for New Year's, I have a discount, automatic discount. So if you go in there and spend, uh, I think it's like $20, you can get uh, a discount. So anything in the store, over $20, you can over there, redneckpatriot.com. So you can do that. And uh, there's also PayPal down there if you want to uh, help out the uh, channel. Uh, donations, anything like that. Uh, it's not, it's not required. It's just, I just want to let you guys know in case you wanted to support the channel. Uh, but just by watching and listening, I really do appreciate it. Just be sure to hit subscribe and like those things are free. So just, I appreciate it. And like this channel's like this YouTube channel is like, I think YouTube is like purging all of like a bunch of subscribers. I lost like um, 200 in a week. It's crazy, dude. But anyway, hope everybody out there is having a good Sunday. And I have a... It looks like 40 million tabs open. I want to get into this Nashville deal. But I want to open up the episode. And I know I said no more podcasts. But this Nashville deal is a little bit strange. A little bit weird. A lot of crazy stuff going on. So... I wanted to get into that, but the first 30 minutes, I want to share with you uh, these officers right here. They did a press conference this morning, but I wanted to give a big shout out before we get any farther to these officers who worked on Christmas and they took time, uh, you know, with their family and they sacrificed their time and, um, you know, thank God they're still alive and nothing bad happened, but it was because of them. They made sure the people were out, were out of the way. So we have our Officer Brianna Hosley, James Lou Ellen, Officer Michael Sipos, Officer Amanda Topping, and Officer James Wells, and uh, and also Sergeant Timothy Miller. So five officers and a sergeant. So thank you to these guys. I want to play that press conference, um, and I just listen to what they have to say. It's really, um, it's really crazy what what happened. So here it is. All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Before the officers uh, say a few words, I'd like to reiterate that we feel Nashville is safe. Uh, There are no known threats against this city at this time. But that's not what uh, I wanted to talk about today. I want to talk about our men and women of our police department who do heroic efforts every day But on this particular incident, officers responded to a shots fired call and unknowing anything else at the time, uh, they began hearing announcements that something was about to detonate coming from an RV. Immediately, they didn't think about their own lives. Uh, They didn't think about protecting themselves. They thought about the citizens of Nashville and protecting them. And they went about knocking on doors and had they not done, had they not made their efforts we'd be talking about the tragedy of people and lives lost. So with that said, I'd like to turn it over to our heroes. Uh, They may not think they're heroes because they go about this job each and every day, but they are our heroes and they had a really heroic effort that that morning. Hello everyone, I'm Officer Llewellyn. Initially we got a shots fired call. Uh, I was running zone that night, so I took it. Officer Hosey backed me up. I arrived on scene. Initially, I didn't hear any shots fired, nothing like that. We were told that shots were coming from inside the building at 178 Second Ave North. Upon arrival, I checked because it's a liquor store slash apartment complex, an Airbnb that has the same address. Checked the bottom floor, couldn't see anything immediately, couldn't hear anything. at that time, I requested code to get access into the building. Was waiting on Officer Hosey to show up and the code. Shortly after, Officer Hosey showed up. As soon as she got out of the car, almost immediately, the RV started making an announcement. Somewhere along the lines, don't quote me exactly, but it's 
there is a large bomb within this vehicle. Your primary objective is to evacuate. I wasn't quite sure what I heard, so I looked at Officer Hosey just to verify we heard the same thing, and then it started over. At that time, I called and notified Sergeant Miller. He said, get everyone you can out there. I requested all units available from our precinct to come. They show up. I ask Officer Toppin and Wells to block off 2nd and Broadway, 2nd and Commerce. They did. Uh, Officer Sipos and Hosey went inside to start knocking on doors. And Officer Wells came up. At this time, Sergeant Miller's there. I asked him for any further directives, stuff like that. Uh, at that time, we set up our cars to kind of set up as much of a barricade as we can to keep people out. We go inside. Uh, just before we go inside, probably about five minutes after we're there, I'd say that the timer then started counting down. Officer Hosey and Officer Wells are the first ones that noticed that. Uh, in between this, I did look at the RV, notice that all the shades were down, and kind of walked around it to see if there was a tag, anything like that, to try and get more info. I did not notice one. Uh, from there, myself, Officer Hosey, Wells, and Sipos went into the building and knocked on all the doors we could to notify as many people as we could that we had a possible uh, public safety concern and that we needed people to evacuate. We noticed that there was a basement exit, so we asked everyone to go down and out the basement. Uh, we essentially made contact with, I believe, six, seven apartments and asked them to evacuate the rest we never got an answer, so we moved outside and tried to move down the street. I went northbound towards the hotel up that way, and Officer Hosey, Sipos, and Wells continued southbound towards the other places. From there, uh, pretty much sometime later, the music started, uh, and I notified over the air to notify other officers and then after the song, it continued to go back to the announcement for a little while. Uh, after it switched back, I did notice that there was a gentleman and his dog that came out of 217 2nd Avenue North. I noticed him. I went up to him to notify, hey, you need to get inside, notify anyone you can, and please evacuate. Uh, shortly after that, the explosion went off. I got knocked to the ground. Uh, I immediately got up. Luckily, no injury, nothing like that. I noticed a gentleman in shock with his dog. I checked on him, got him inside, uh, went back, checked on Sergeant Miller, who was inside his car at the time. Uh, he seemed all right. I opened his door. He was cutting his airbag that went off the way. Then I ran down, noticed Officer Hosey putting out radio traffic, and I noticed Officer Wells, or Sipos, sorry, to my left. Uh, at that point, they seemed okay, so I ran forward into kind of the debris area. I noticed what appeared to be four people that came out of, I believe, 178 2nd Avenue North that we weren't able to get contact with. They seemed in shock and in awe of what was going on. At that time, to get their attention, I yelled at them, and told them they need to get to safety and run. They took off running northbound on second. I'm not sure where they went from there. Uh, from there, I did a quick quick sweep of the road and everything else, see if I could see anyone else. And I noticed that the other cars were on fire in the area. Wasn't sure if possibly they were going to explode too. So at that time, I pulled back and resources started coming to us. And I just assisted the best I could with keeping people back from that point so that's essentially the role I played overall I don't know for what reason the gentleman or female whoever it was that actually did this uh, gave the notice I'm just grateful that we actually had time to try and help people clear out I saw that gentleman gut instinct told me go get him and tell him to get inside get his family get out 
and overall I did that and I'm just grateful that none of the shrapnel or anything like that hit me him I'm a big dog lover so it's dog too so just very grateful that no one was seriously hurt I personally do not know any of those circumstances one more question please one more yes sir To me, it sounded like it was coming from inside the RV. Through the window? Uh, I don't know if they had like a mounted loudspeaker, kind of like our patrol cars do, to where it's in the grill or what, but I heard it coming from the RV itself. So, it loud? yes, you, you could hear it almost all the way down to Broadway and all the way up to Union almost. So, I'm sorry, I. No, I didn't notice it earlier in the night at all. And like I said, I noticed it when I first showed up, but with it being the holiday, I didn't think anything of it because people possibly visiting family. No, I haven't seen it in past weeks or past nights even. Uh, I know there was one other over here. Yes, I feel very lucky to be alive, say hello to my family, say I'm uninjured as well as all the other officers. I'm very grateful for the quick response from fellow officers, NFD, and everyone else. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you. The front had a shade as well to keep view completely obstructed. All the shades on the back windows were down as well, so you couldn't see in at all. I didn't see any person in or around it at all. When I first arrived, I did notice RV, but with it being Christmas, I was like, maybe they're just visiting family and parked there. So I didn't pay much attention to it, but I did not notice anyone outside around it either when I first arrived. There, to my recollection, I went around behind it, just double check after the announcement started to see if we could get a tag for more information and stuff like that. I did not notice a tag anywhere. I didn't notice any kind of bracket for a tag even. So unfortunately couldn't give more information yes uh, what I specifically remember and we found out later what I remembered was downtown where the lights shine bright later the ATF agent I spoke to pulled it up and it's downtown by Petulia Clark was a specific song that was played good morning everyone I'm Brenna um, like Tyler said, we got the shots fired call, so I was going to back him up on 2nd Avenue North. Um, as he said, as soon as I got there and stepped out of my patrol vehicle, we started hearing the announcements being made. Um, kind of had that confused look on, is this really what we're hearing right now? Uh, after he notified Sergeant Miller, um, we were trying to think of the best way of action. We were making sure the entry code worked. As soon as uh, Cypus showed up, um, he and I started knocking on doors, um, waiting for Sergeant Miller and everyone else to arrive on scene. We were able to clear the first floor, and then uh, Sergeant Miller, in his thinking, uh, had us come back out and move our patrol vehicles to a more strategic position. So if we needed to go back to our patrol cars, we wouldn't be affected at all. Um, so I'm giving him credit for that for probably not only saving our lives, but saving our patrol vehicles and the way that he had us positioned. Um, so we go back in, start clearing uh, floor by floor on the Second Avenue North Apartments. Once we made contact with everyone we could and made sure that they were getting out of the building is when we started to move down, um, keeping in communication with dispatch, trying to get entry codes for all the Airbnbs that were on uh, Second Avenue North, trying to make entry. Um, at this point is when we heard the 14 minutes until detonation announcement. So we're moving as quickly as we can. Um, we make it all the way down to second and commerce. Uh, there's actually a B detail officer that I'd been in contact with that lives in one of those apartments, uh, asking him if he was okay, telling him what was going on, and then if he could start helping evacuate people out of his building, because uh, we did not have access to it at that point. Um, once we'd made it to second and commerce, uh, we realized there wasn't much else that we could do once we evacuated and made contact with everybody that we could. 
Um, so I told everyone it's probably best that we just go back to our vehicles and regroup until the bomb squad gets out there and we figure out what we need to do from there. Uh, at that point, we had heard the three minutes until detonation. So myself, uh, Llewellyn, and Sipos had headed uh, back northbound on 2nd. Um, I had made the turn onto Church Street while uh, Tyler went to go talk to Sergeant Miller and that's when the explosion happened. Uh, I was thrown forward, uh, knocked to the ground, um, but I was able to catch myself, I was fine. Um, at that point in time, I tried to get the air, uh, but Amanda had beaten me to it, letting everyone know, like, or letting dispatch know like what had happened. Um, I made a phone call to a loved one to let him know that I was okay, and then I ran to the intersection to check on Miller and Llewellyn to make sure they were okay. Saw Sipos running towards the intersection as well. Um, sorry uh that's what i got on the radio to make sure wells was okay uh couldn't get a response from him um but from the blast he had some hearing loss um so that's when amanda got on said that he was okay so i was just trying to make sure all of our people were okay and then going from there trying to figure out um what was the best course of action um to keep everyone that was either in the immediate blast area um that we weren't able to evacuate or anyone that was coming in and how to best keep them safe yes sir Um, if it's the woman I'm thinking of, um, she lived in 178. Um, I remember knocking on her door. It was Cypus and I knocked on her door, scared the bejesus out of her. Um, I told her that there was a threat in the area and that we needed her to evacuate. She said, okay, let me get my kids. And that kind of just like put my heart up in my throat. Um, I don't have kids, but like I have cousins and nieces and people that I love that are small um so I'm thinking maybe like one or two kids she ended up having four kids um and so as she's getting them out and she's got a stroller and she's got two in there and then two helping her get stuff and um I'm asking her if there's anything like that I can help her with to help make this easier um she said no she's okay um but she's being a little bit more insistent on like what's going on um and at that time I I kind of tell her like there's a more serious threat and that's why we need you to go um, so like, I'm thankful that we were able to make contact with her and that she was awake and able to evacuate. Yeah. No, I mean, when something like this happens, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and I was telling, uh, some other officers, like if this is something you said would ever happen in Nashville, I said, I would say that this was at the bottom of the list, anything that I thought would ever happen. And who knows why. Um, not in between getting the call and then um, having to evacuate everyone. Uh, where the shots fired call came from, we did not find any evidence of shots being fired. Um, no shell casings, nothing like that. Um, anyone in the building that we made contact with said they didn't hear anything like that. Um, so there was like the question that we raised was the loudspeaker that we heard playing gunshots to make it appear like shots had been fired. That was just the theory we came up with. We don't know if it actually happened or anything. Had a question over here. Yes, sir. Good morning, uh, Officer James Wells. Uh, shortly after uh, the shots fired call came out, uh, Officer Llewellyn had came over the radio and said I needed everybody here immediately. And uh, just by the tone of his voice, you know, we knew it was serious. And, uh, you know, he said it was a possible bomb situation and that Sergeant Miller was aware. Uh, at the time, I was sitting right next to Officer Toppin, so we, we got over there as quick as we could. Uh, not knowing that the RV was the... Uh, the vehicle in question at the time, we actually pulled right in front of it. Um, so you know, this is right across the street. We pulled up and then when we heard the announcement. Uh, Toppin was like, is that is that the vehicle in question? And Llewellyn said, yes, we immediately hopped in our cars and bagged out. And then uh, so we started setting up the perimeter uh, to start shutting down Commerce and Broadway to make sure nobody could come in or out. And uh, then Llewellyn called for more people to come help uh, evacuate the building, which I did. 
Uh, at that point is when I heard, uh, you know, you have 14 minutes to evacuate the area. And at that point is when I started to prepare my mind for uh, secondary things to happen. I actually told everybody when we come out to make sure we look at the high ground and the parking garages, just, just in case, because you know, I felt like maybe an active shooter might have followed that just because it, it felt, at that moment, it felt real and it felt like there was going to be some secondary activity. So every time we came out of the building, we made sure that, that we were looking around and, and checking high areas, just making sure nobody was peeking around and looking at us. Um, so we continued to go door to door, trying to get codes from dispatch to get in. Um, we get down a second to commerce, and that's when we hear the three minutes as we coming out of the building. And at that point, I told them I was going to go back to my car and get my heavy plates, just uh, mentally getting prepared for whatever was about to happen. And um, so as I'm getting putting my heavy plates on, uh, Llewellyn tells me that Sergeant Miller told me to pull my car back because I was actually in the intersection at first. So then I pulled my car back in between the buildings, and um, which is the parking garage, and then uh, second to commerce to get out of the blast radius. And uh, at that point, I get out, and I'm starting to go back toward uh, Llewellyn and Hosey. And as I'm getting ready to walk toward them, walking back toward the RV, and I, this might not be politically correct, but this is my truth. And I literally hear God tell me to turn around and go check on Topping, who was by herself down on Broadway. And um, as I turn around, you know, for me, it felt like I only took three steps. And then the music stopped. And as I'm walking back toward Topping now, I just see orange. And then I hear a loud boom. And uh, as I'm stumbling, because uh, it, it rocked me that hard, I started stumbling. I just tell myself to stay on your feet, stay alive. And I just take out in a full out sprint and I'm running toward Topping to make sure she's okay. And uh, we kind of meet in the middle and we just grab each other, check each other. And I'm yelling at her to get her gun out because, like I said, I felt like there was going to be some, it just, just had a feeling that, you know, it's just weird. You know, it just felt like something out of a movie. And so we're checking on each other and um, she's, she's asking me, she's telling me that they're trying to raise me on the radio. I couldn't hear. So, um, you know, I just lost temporary um, hearing in my left ear. So as she yelling, I'm you know, saying what and a couple of explicitives telling I couldn't hear. And, um, and they get me to the uh, paramedics. I call my wife immediately, let her know just before anything got out to let her know that I was okay. And while I was in the uh, ambulance, they were trying to get me to go to the hospital. And I just didn't want to be by myself at that moment, didn't want to leave them. And then I heard that there were three people that were injured. So I told the paramedics to take care of them. And I was like, I got per policy, I got 10 days to get checked out. So it's like, y'all go check, y'all go check on them, go check on the civilians. And then um, I immediately went to go find Topping, um, just kept asking where Topping was and, and we found her. And that was my part in it. Now, it wasn't a consistent countdown. Um, it was, um, it was like, hello, this is a warning. For your safety, evacuate the area. And that looped for a few minutes. And then as we were getting ready to go in the building, it changed to, you have 14 minutes to evacuate the area. And that's when my mindset changed and we started looking at the building. And then um, there was also cameras on the RV, like uh, surveillance cameras above the above the mirror. So you got the hangover part that hangs over the, the uh, windshield. I'm sorry, I talk with my hands. Um, and so you got the, you got the hangover part, and then you got the rearview mirror here, the camera set in between that. So it just, you know, it, it felt like whoever was behind it was watching it. For me, it just, it felt, it felt weird. You know, all of the cop lingo that you hear about the spider senses, about the hair standing up the back of your neck, all that went through my body. And it just immediately the, the training kicked in that, that we do as far as staying calm, but being vigilant and watching around us. So, that became my primary objective is to, as we're evacuating, also looking for any threats um, in the surrounding area. I'm preparing for a shootout um, and also getting as many people out as possible. So it's, you know, multitasking in my thinking, you know, just getting as many, as many people out of these buildings as we can and also ready to engage anybody that was not in this uniform. I was God. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to shy away from that. Um, you know, I, 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 I am a spiritual person, um, and so I truly believe that 
uh, when I do this job, I'm led by by that voice, uh, how I treat people, how I go about doing this job every day. Uh, that's what that's what guides me. And I truly believe that that's what guided me in that sense, because I was literally getting ready to walk back toward that RV. And when you watch the video, you can see that moment of clarity for me when I heard God say, go and check on topping. And so I was peeking around, you know, looking like this. And then it's like, no, turn around, go check on topping. And uh, so I turn around and start walk, walking in the opposite direction. And then three seconds later, boom. So, you know, I'm not going to shy away from that because that will save my life. That's what got me to see my kids and my wife on Christmas. Um, and uh, good to see you has a completely different meaning for me now. So, yeah. Would you two more questions about other, anyone else? what do you mean close as far as uh yeah obviously um i've already i already had a genuine um feeling for all of them but of course this is going to tie us uh together for forever for the rest of life and so just uh you know the love for them is even bigger now and christmas will never be the same for any of us so so i was the I believe the third or fourth officer on scene of what at the time was a shot spied call um, I pulled up in front of the building that the initial call came from. Um, didn't know at the time I was almost directly across the street from the RV. Exited my vehicle. Heard it making the announcements, essentially telling us there was an explosive device in the vehicle, not to approach it, that we should be evacuating the area. At that point, I moved up the street a little bit, uh, at which point I met up with Officer Llewellyn, Officer Hosey. We started making plans to get into the buildings, start knocking on doors to, to let families know what was going on um, and get them out of the building. Um, I don't know the, the address off the top of my head, but the first building we went into was the one that the initial call had come from. Um, between myself and all the other officers knocking on doors, I think we made contact with six or seven families, um, informed them that they needed to exit the building to the um, what would have been the First Avenue side to keep them off of street with the RV. After we worked our way through the initial building, knocking on doors, um, we went back outside, at which point we started working our way southbound on 2nd Avenue North. Um, like these other officers said, we were um, in communication with dispatch, who did a fantastic job through the whole incident, um, trying to get door codes to get in and alert more families. I believe we made it into one more apartment building, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't think we made contact with any families in that building. Um, at that point, Officer Llewellyn, who was outside, let us know that the recording had changed. I believe that's when a song started playing. Um, I don't know what the countdown was at that point. I know by the time we made it back outside after the last building we had checked, it was down to three or four minutes, I believe. Um, at that point, we decided to work our way back up Second Avenue northbound. Um, we had decided, like Officer Wells said, to, to get our heavy plates on um, to prepare for whatever might come after the countdown ended. Um, at that point, I, I made it back up to Church Street. Uh, I rounded the corner to head towards First Avenue where my car was parked. Um, I'd actually just popped the trunk on my vehicle to, to get another piece of equipment out, uh, at which point I, I just felt a, a push, basically. I was thrown into the trunk a little bit, turned around to see just a, a very orange sky and a lot of smoke, um, which point I, I ran back towards 2nd Avenue North, as all the other officers did. Um, just wanted to make sure all the officers that I knew were in the area were safe. Um, like Officer Llewellyn said, there, there were a few people that had come out of an apartment building, so we did our best to get them out of the area as quick as possible. Uh, at that point, we just spent time keeping residents that had come outside as well as pedestrians that were just trying to enjoy their morning, keeping them away from the area, trying to carefully explain what was going on and that they just needed to stay away for safety. Thank you. Our fifth officer is Amanda Topping. Amanda has been with us for just under two years, also assigned to the Central Precinct's midnight shift. Ma'am, 
then they got me closing this thing out. Oh my god. Alright. So, I remember that, that morning uh, I was sitting with James Wells. We were talking um, over in my zone. And uh, I heard Tyler Llewellyn and uh, Brennan go out to the call. So we were kind of listening. This is an odd call. Um, so we're sitting there and my wife had just called because it's towards the end of our shift. So she was seeing what time I was coming home. And uh, so I'm talking to her and I'm like, well, we're about to head to this call. It's a little strange. So I hung up with her and we head down there and we get there. We didn't really know too much about it. Um, unbeknownst to us, we park right next to it. So of course we moved because that seemed ideal. Um, so, you know, I take my car down to Second and Broadway and, um, you know, Sergeant Miller wanted me to stay down there to help with because, you know, pedestrian traffic on Broadway and, you know, the buses were starting to do their routes and stuff. Um, so, of course, I was listening and everything and they went up to the apartments and um, I kind of stayed down there and kept on going up to Second and Commerce to hear what the, the RV was saying and that's just stuff that I'll never forget, you know, the sound of the announcement saying, you know, primary objective is to evacuate, evacuate now, and it's a female voice, and yeah, it's just odd. Um, and then of course, you know, I'm kind of pacing back and forth because I kept on having to turn pedestrians around. Um, it was a weird feeling not being able to be with everybody else, but I knew that, you know, I needed to stay where I was at. Um, because, you know, you want to be with your detail, especially when you just have a feeling something's not right. And something that weird, just you don't get stuff like that. So, um, but I was, I was standing there by my car and I heard Tyler say that music just came on. So I got, you know, I tried, I went to go get closer and I heard it and I was like, oh my gosh. So... I was about to get on the radio and say, you know, I know it's almost not my place, but like everybody's getting out of the buildings, right? We need, like everybody, I wanted everybody to be safe. But then I saw a group of them, which couldn't really tell, but I was assuming was Brenna and uh, Sipos and Tyler walk around the RV back towards their cars. So I kind of saw them and I started walking up to Second and Commerce because I wanted, I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to know do we need to go to more buildings? What do we need to do? Um, you know, I was just getting really antsy. Um, and I just talked to my wife again. Just told her that things were just really strange. Uh, and so, but as I'm walking towards them on the right side of the road, the right side of second, um, I see Wells uh, at his car. And I was like, well, he's closer. And, I'll go talk to him, see what we need to do. So I, I don't know what told me to do this. It was really weird, but I decided to change my direction. Go on the other side of the road, start walking towards Wells. Uh, so as I start walking towards him, you know, he starts walking towards me. Uh, you can see on the camera too, the footage, I've seen it. And I told him I didn't think anybody would ever believe him how close he was. And I was probably about 10 steps away from him, 15. And we're just walking towards each other. And I just saw the biggest flames I've ever seen, the biggest explosion. I mean, it was, and I just saw orange and then him and I saw him stumble. And I felt it, I felt the heat, the wave. And uh, I don't know how I kept my footing, but I kind of blanked and I couldn't see him for a second and I just lost it and I just took off in a sprint towards him. Uh, and like he said, I've, I've never grabbed somebody so hard in my life. Uh, I grabbed him, he grabbed me and we just ducked into a doorway because we didn't know what was coming afterwards and I'll never forget the window shattering after the blast all around me. Uh, it kind of looked like a big prop from a movie scene, all the glass breaking at once. You know, it hit me all over, and, but uh, just being able to hold him and grab him, and then the first thing I could do is, you couldn't hear anybody at first, it scared the heck out of me, but, you know, just 423, there's been an explosion, and sitting multiple medics, because I didn't know what we had, and I was so scared that I just lost my entire detail, because I didn't know where they were, I just saw them pass by it, 
Uh, so after that, we just, you know, made sure that we felt a little bit safe enough to, to go back and regroup. And luckily I heard everybody on the radio and didn't know how okay everybody was, but I knew everybody was alive. And so and I'm, I was happy to hear that nobody else was seriously injured, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, can I go now? Some of those stories were definitely heartbreaking, but God was was definitely looking out on these officers and you know the people of Nashville. Now I don't want to say that the guy, the Anthony guy, uh, which that's who they think who did it, Anthony. Um, I don't know his name doesn't really matter, but th this this guy. Uh, Anthony Quinn something, Warner. Uh, yeah, Anthony Warner. They think that he's the guy who did it, but I don't want to say that he did a great thing by letting everybody know 15 minutes ahead of time. I think the guy's crazy. I think he's out of his mind. And I think that, um, you know, what happened was was totally weird. So we're going to get into that. And uh, so so let's... let's um, he, here's some more damage from... I, I, I saw... It's absolutely unreal, and you're not going to see this on the news. Absolutely crazy. All right, so um, apparently this Anthony guy, he sent an email last month, or this month, to the company. He was an IT guy. Um, he, he was working, uh, I think, in... Um, in IT or I'll get in there's there's um, there's a tab over here that I'll get into here in a second that will explain a little bit more about what he does but I, I it's either IT or something with alarm systems I think something like that but he sent a company they work for that he'll no longer be working for him for no reason at all so they're investigating their uh, they investigated the house uh, that he owns, and we'll get into the house deal. But uh, they're swabbing his, or they swabbed his mother's house. His mother's still alive. He's in, he's in his sixties, and his mother is still alive. But they're basically matching up the DNA. And uh, here is uh, Jack Sobiak. Um, he put on Twitter basically signs of suicide, withdrawing from friends, saying goodbye, giving away important items, or making a will. So this guy gave away, uh, well, I'll, I'll get into this in a second. Um, the, the, the neighbors are saying that this guy was a weird dude, saying that, and who knows if this is right. Like sometimes, you know, this is, like a lot of people think that this has to do with AT&T, with the Dominion thing, AT&T's auditing Dominion. They think that, oh, this had to do with the servers there. Um, it definitely is a, some weird stuff, um, but they're trying to connect this 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 guy. Basically, like he, he was definitely crazy, but they're trying to um, lay with this guy as like this uh, prepper conspiracy guy who was always talking about five G apparently, um, and maybe he, that was the reason why he attacked AT and T. I don't really know, but they're trying to say that, and maybe that's true. I don't I don't I don't know what's true. I have no idea what, what I mean that all this seems very strange and sorry for all the ads um, I have an ad blocker but but Daily Mail doesn't uh, let you block the ads but they um, they talked to his neighbors and basically his neighbor Tony Rodriguez who lives in the same duplex or within the same area told that he didn't even know his name he never spoke to his neighbor which you know in today's age that's not really uh, a rare thing, but uh, he alleged that the Warner, Anthony Warner, had a no trespassing sign, uh, especially around the RV. Hmm, interesting. And often seen tinkering with antennas above the house. Rodriguez also claimed that investigators had taken a computer motherboard from the house during the search. So they raided the house yesterday. This is the house. And, um,. Another neighbor, Stephen Stone, confirmed that he had seen the similar RV parked outside the the place. It says here a Nashville real estate agent uh, contacted the FBI agents after he thought that the, the guy that, that was working for him might be the guy who did it. So this real estate, this this realtor Steve 
uh, said a man who went by the name Tony Warner had done IT work for him as a subcontractor, and he said that uh, he was asked about the 5G thing. He said he didn't know about that. So here, here is the house that he gave away. He gave away two houses, and we'll get into that here in a second. But it's absolutely crazy, dude. So let's 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 get into this story here. Los Angeles mother given two free homes worth five hundred or four hundred nine thousand by Nashville Balmer says she had no idea he signed over over to her a month ago as Fed's probe to see if he uh, blew himself up at the AT and T Center because he feared five G is spying on Americans. So that's basically what they think too. Um, so this this girl. I'm sorry for the ads. Let me get rid of these ads. Okay. Um, Michelle Swing lives in L.A. Uh, says that she claims she didn't even know who this guy was. Or she knew who he was, but she doesn't know him that well. And basically, he did a quick claim deed signing over a house in January of 2019. Let me see if I can pull this up here. Um, sorry, my computer is kind of slow. Um, okay, so this is the house that she that he gave away in November to her, and this is the um, bill of sale or whatever. And then here is the quick claim deeds that he gave away his house um, in 2019, January 2019, uh, for ten dollars. This is a quick claim deed, and basically you don't even have to like in the state of Tennessee. You don't you can you can do that, and I'm pretty sure it says something like that in. Yeah, it says here in the state of Tennessee you can you can uh, you can deed property to someone else without their uh, without their signature basically or or uh, or consent. So this guy <laughs> deeded over. The sale of 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 a house in, in 2019, and then this house that you see on the news that they're searching uh, for zero dollars. So he basically gave it away, and this house. Let me see if I can bring up uh, this house that they showed here. In, uh, here. So yeah, th yeah, this is the house that he gave away that was worth um, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. This is the house that he gave away in 2019, and then this. Um, house up here all right and then th and this is the house that he apparently gave away a month ago that was worth 260,000 so you can't tell me that this guy uh, isn't the one who did it because why in the hell would you give away this nice house two houses and apparently he owns a bunch of property too I don't know how much uh, else but he he owns some property this is uh, according to what I've heard, but he's just giving away properties to this woman in L.A. that we have no idea who, he, who who she is, or do we know? So who is this woman that that he has given houses away to in L.A.? So here she was born in 1991. She lives in L.A. She previously lived lived in Knoxville and Nashville. Um, she's related to all these people. But I want to get into what he what she did. Now she works for um, all these companies uh, at one time, and StubHub. She worked for StubHub. Where did that? Where did it go? God dang it! Oh, okay. Here it is. It, my my computer's acting crazy today. Oh my god! But I want to focus on the number twelve here. It says in January two thousand nineteen, one hundred sixty thousand dollar house in Antioch, uh, Nashville, was given to her via click claim deed by Anthony Warner. Uh, and on March 23rd, 2019, she gave the house to a Betty Christine Lane as a gift, basically. So I don't know who this woman is, but that seems very weird. So that that's who's, who's living there now. And then in, in November 25th, exactly a month ago, Exactly a month, exactly a month before, right down to the day, 
he did this. Gave her another house for zero dollars. So, this is absolutely crazy. And it says here that, um, so this this guy was like a like a single, he didn't have any kids, but he had all these properties, all these cars, an RV, this big house, and it said that, um, it says here that he told the woman he gave ha homes to to be, or he gave, he gave the homes away basically to spend, spend Christmas in the woods with his dog. Absolutely, like so. Th this is the woman. Um, so apparently, um, this isn't the first time that the FBI was warned about um, the this guy. It says here, investigators have also received a call from a person who. Uh, who uh, reported Warner to police in August 2019 claiming he was making bombs in, in the RV which was parked at his home. Uh, the, the call identified him as, as a possible owner of the RV that exploded. After searching his natural home on Saturday, it can be revealed that, it, that they found titles to his vehicles, a check for $1,000, $100 in cash, a computer, USB drive, and power tools. He said his home was very clean and organized. Um, I don't know about you, but I think that your home should be clean. But I, but it seems very like, like sometimes these these like crazy people, they're really psychotic and they keep their homes clean all the time. And I like I think any normal person, their home is sanitary, it's clean, but it's still kind of like somebody lives there. So it's like I don't know if they mean like. It was like too clean, but that seems very weird to me. Seems very weird to me. So apparently the, the FBI was warned before this, or the police was warned, and, and maybe the FBI. I don't know. But I heard that this wasn't the first time with this guy. Uh, that that, 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 that um, authorities were warned about this guy. So... Um, I want to take a look at this video that was that I found on Rumble. It is um, been going. People are looking back at the videos and things like that, and I want to pay close attention to. If you're watching on YouTube, it makes more sense. But let's just play this. It, it's a slow mo video of the camera. And it shows a video of the explosion. Now I'm going to play it like this. And if you see that, the source, a lot of people are saying the source of the, of the, of the explosion is on the other side of the street where the RV is. So I don't know if you saw that. A lot, a lot, a lot of people are are saying that this may be a attack on AT and T, and I think that AT and T definitely has something to do with it. Um, I find it very weird that it happened right in front of the building, and they're not um, really talking about it. Really, they're they are talking about AT and T as in like, oh, we'll get your service back. They're really concerned about that, but they're not really concerned about why he why he did it at AT&T or they're not really concerned about like certain details of this story and it's just really weird to me but uh, here's a video that somebody posted it, it's a it's a theory of a missile attack on AT&T uh, in Nashville basically the AT&T NSA switching facility aka spy hub in Nashville now, watch by the third light post. Something streams up in the air. And then this.
So for the people listening, it's like it could be a lightning strike. It could be a missile. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's crazy. And so if you're listening, go over here to, on YouTube and watch this video. Um, I don't know. I don't know. People, people can play with videos and edit stuff, but I mean that's weird. I mean that's that's really crazy. Um, but who, like, who is this Anthony guy? Let's 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 look at some more at at um, this 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 guy. He was um, he's he's uh, he he he's a sixty three. He worked. He, he started, like, what I've heard, I, I don't really know for sure, but he started his own alarm company, and then he works for some other people. Um, but it said uh, Custom Alarm um, Electronics was founded in 2000, and one employee is listed on the website. Annual sales for the business is estimated $70,000 a year. However, the company name does not turn up in results of corporate record searches. And... Says here he was born on January 17th. He was arrested in 1978 for a possession of a controlled substance. So that's interesting. They they searched his house yesterday, and um, so here's some here's some pictures of that. Uh, let's look at some more of this. What I found here. Let's look at. Um, Let's see here. Here, here's here's aerial uh, footage or area uh, view of the house. He has an RV. Has like three or four cars. He has several properties for a single guy. Now, I mean, I I know you know some people who who have been single all their life that own own a bunch of properties, um, and maybe he's just a you know he. That's his side deal. It has real estate, but it's it seems very weird. He's giving away houses and things like that. It's just pretty strange. Pretty strange to me. All right, so here here's some more photos of the Google Street View of his house, and there's the RV. Now here's some more photos of the RV at his home. I believe this is like an older Google Earth photo. But I want to share with you this stuff I found found on Twitter. Um, this guy at one time, Anthony Warner, it's inactive now. It expired back in 2016, but back in 2013, he had a permit for explosives. So that's interesting. Uh, now here's his, his license. He's able to... Uh, these are all like expired license, I guess. Um, interesting. That's very, very interesting that he, he had a license for, to deal with explosives. And maybe that's, that's common in that thing. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I guess it would, but I don't know. Um, but there is also some stuff going around about the Cerebus Capital building. They own... Or they own the the uh, Nashville AT&T building, and it's like a it's a, a lot of people are saying that it it's also uh, owners of Dominion. Now I don't know if that's true or not, but there's definitely something um, with this deal about AT&T. I don't think it's I, I don't think it's some crazy dude with an RV wanted to just blow himself up. I don't I I think there's more to that. Uh, or more of this story. I think there's more than what the news is telling us, and there's more than what's going on. It just seems very weird. Uh, it has to... I'm telling you, it has to do with this AT&T building. I guarantee there's something in it. Uh, they were saying that maybe the um, voting systems, the Dominion computers, were supposed to be in Nashville, or they're already there or something. I don't know, but it had to do with this. I also saw 
that his dad, this Anthony guy's dad worked, worked at that building, um, right up to his death in 2011. So maybe that's it. Maybe he wanted to get back. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is it's just some crazy guy. And, you know, maybe, maybe all there is to it is he just wanted to go out with a bang and that's it, you know? And maybe he didn't want to hurt anybody. Maybe he was this year is just crazy and he's, he didn't have any family or anything like that. And he wanted to, you know, I don't know. There's, there's a million different things or theories that, that, that people are saying, but, um, I hope that the FBI gets to the bottom of this and I hope that, but like, I, I know they won't. Like I, I know they won't. It's it's all these things that they'll go down and it goes to a dead end. Like this guy was either really dumb or really smart, because basically he did it in a way that it's going to take the next six months to investigate, and it's maybe longer. But he did it in a way that it is so freaking weird that it's just crazy. But I don't know. Like I said, this guy was either really dumb or really, really smart, or he did it in a way where it where it it appears to be like it was like a accident, but he had been planning it for all this time. I don't know, but it clearly wasn't an accident. It was it was it was it was obviously intentional. But a lot of these things are just weird, like the gunshot thing, the the music. It was just weird. It was just weird. But their AT and T is still out. In all these major areas, we have uh, Atlanta, Chattanooga, Clarksville, Nashville, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, uh, Knoxville, and the two cities that get me, I understand Atlanta because it's close in that area, but you have Dallas, and I don't know if it's, relate, if it's related to that, but obviously, I mean, I know AT&T is based in Dallas, Um so maybe that is, maybe they hit something and it was connected to Dallas whenever the bomb went off. I don't know. Maybe it's unrelated, but you have parts of Chicago. You have, um, I think earlier, earlier parts of Denver or Colorado was out. You have, um, up in, um, Oregon, uh, you have Nebraska, but basically in this area, like, uh, Tennessee, Georgia, um, and, uh, Kentucky, all those, that big part of the country right there was out. But the thing that gets me is Dallas, but I, I don't know, Cr- really crazy. But, um, on the, on the, on the page before this, the down detector, uh, 53% was out without internet and 33% was without phone. Now, um, a lot of people were saying that this was like attack on police, and I definitely can see that based off of everything that happened this year. And I don't know if the nine one one is back up. I, as far as I know, it's still down. Um, but this was clearly an attack on communication in not just in Nashville, but in a huge part of the country. And if this can happen in Nashville, this can happen anywhere. And it not only affects that place, it affects every major city around there. So, um, it's just, it's just, it's just really crazy. And there's something more than just some guy in an RV there. It's, it's, um, it's attack on police. It's attack on small businesses. These small businesses in Nashville, they can't operate because they, uh, their their phone lines are down. Their internet, how they process payments, you can't do that. Like you can't do business without internet. Um, with these, like if the internet's down, it's cash only. So it's attack on it's it's either attack on police officers, it's attack on AT and T, it's attack on the businesses. Um, and you know, I always heard that the next war or the next. Um, War is not going to be physical. It's going to be cyber. I always thought it was going to be somewhere like China, but um, 
maybe it might be somebody here in the U.S. wanting to do this. I, I don't know. I mean, who knows if if this Anthony guy is the guy? We'll never, I mean, we probably won't know for for a while, uh, for a few weeks. But um, it may be him. It may be a cover-up. Uh, maybe I also heard that maybe um, the gunshots was a cover-up and they, and they, and they shot the guy or whatever. And like they shot somebody or they shot this Anthony guy or whatever. And then somebody else got away. I, I don't know. I heard a bunch of things, but the gunshots still kind of concerned me. It's just something that's weird. Um, but yeah, when you don't have like internet, you can't, you can't do your businesses. So it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely crazy. And so this is going to keep on happening. And, um, here we have in New York, a hoax caller pranks the police or planks, uh, pranks 911 by saying that there is a bomb fixing to detonate at noon at the Empire State Building. So they came out, and when I refreshed the article, they updated it, and it was a hoax, hoax caller. Who knows if it was, uh, I don't know. But it's, this is going to keep on happening, because it's, it's really crazy what's going on. And, and uh, and you know, the thing that, that's really crazy is that, you know, you can, you can stop a, uh, a um, intruder with a gun, but you can't stop a bomb from going off like outside your house, you know, and that's, what's really scary. But I don't know if you heard about this, uh, on the same day as the Nashville bomb, uh, five females, five family members in Arkansas was found dead, found to be murdered in their house in Arkansas. Um, and they, Basically, a family member went to visit them on Christmas, and the family member found um, five females ranging from 8 to 50 years old dead. So, at this point, nobody really knows. But Christmas, it seems like every single year something crazy happens, but this is the craziest I've seen. This is really, really crazy. Um... And I think this is the craziest thing that, that that has happened this year. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happened this year, but this 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 really tops it all off. But anyway, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for watching. I really do appreciate it. And again, thank you to all the police officers that worked this case, everybody working this case. Hopefully, they'll get to the bottom of everything going on. Also, don't forget to follow me on Okie Patriot 76. Um, the Redneck Patriot over over on Instagram is no more. I'm not posting there anymore, so if you want to follow me on Instagram at the Okie Patriot 76 or Okie Patriot, not the, but check it out. If you want to see more of my content, be sure to hit subscribe on this YouTube channel or wherever you get this podcast, and um, have a great day. All right, so I was just about to upload this video. I was uh, rendering the video, and I saw this on Instagram. Um... This is as of about an hour ago, um, happening now. Several uh, agencies on the scene of a suspicious box truck in Lebanon, Tennessee. Lebanon, Tennessee is like 25 miles outside of Nashville. They have a bomb squad that is approaching. He also posted that uh, it is playing audio similar to what they heard on the Nashville deal at least one person has been detained also this is kind of weird very weird it could be just a random rv outside just in a random building and who knows when this picture was taken i mean that's the thing about the internet they can pull up a picture from you know wherever and make you think that you know something is happening but this was this was apparently in uh franklin kentucky and i i I trust what Tyler puts on there as true. I mean, he lives in Bowling Green, Kentucky, so um, I trust what he puts on there. But it kind of makes you think about what's what is going on. What what is going on, man? So um, it could be just a random RV. But why is it in front of an AT and T store? 
Hmm. Anyway, that's that's enough conspiracy hour for today. <laughs> I'm about Alex Jones out. But anyways, I mean, some of this stuff may be true. It's just, we'll just have to wait and see. But I like what this, this person has to say. What is going on, man? What is going on, man? Kind of weird, man. I don't know. Anyway, that's that's the end of the video. Thanks, thanks for watching. <laughs>